Hello, this is Social Distance Warriors. It's a podcast where we talk, you know, about the pandemic and those things that are related to it. My name is Tom, and uh, it's December 12th in the year 2020, and I am not an expert on most topics. You can call me Rachel, and I am also not an expert on a lot of topics. It is... um. Also, the third night of Hanukkah tonight. It is. It is. It is. Happy Hanukkah. Thank you. How is your Hanukkah proceeding so far? Um, It's doing all right. We were just sort of united again. My um, mom had spent the previous week with my sister helping out child care. And uh, this is now the first night that she is back home. So we were able to do some candle lighting together. Oh, and Lila says... Uh, I have caged her and she wants to be free. So <laughs> Lila, you can you can leave. I don't need to keep you here. Mm. Lila is my dog. Yes. I don't cage many creatures in mm. my room. I don't even cage my dog in my room. She just feels that way. Mm. Sometimes we all feel that way. <laughs> yeah. How well yeah. How are how are you doing, Tom? Do you feel like you're in a cage or out of your cage and doing just fine? <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know. I feel like um, I feel like I'm kind of around a cage. Yeah. I feel like there's a cage around, and sometimes I'm in it, but sometimes I just get it and I don't close the door. <laughs> like I just get it and just to because it can be kind of nice in there if you're not actually confined. Well, yeah. See, that's now that's uh, not a cage. That's crate training. That's you've been <laughs> crate trained. Uh, if um, the animal enjoys and chooses to go themselves in the crate. <laughs> then it's like it can be very comforting mm. to have that option and not feel feel trapped. Yeah. It can provide security. It has been some time since we recorded. It has. I didn't mark the date that we last recorded. I believe it was some point in November. I think it was the day, the day before Thanksgiving. That feels, I believe you. Yeah, it was the day that Hive Swap came out. Yeah, that even more so mm. feels, feels right. So, oh, okay, the dog is still in my room. <laughs> <laughs> and she's making um, noises. She's a welcome guest. <laughs> um, yeah. So what what have you been up to in all that time? Yeah, uh, there. I played through Hive Swap, and I feel like that was. It's now been a month, but I feel like that occupied a lot of my thoughts for um, the end of and beginning of November times because Homestuck Media is like one of my few like medias where I feel like I am maybe an unwilling, like, collaborative participant in the process of what is being made. So just, like, seeing um, Hive Swap Act 2 be released and then seeing sort of, like, different changes and things being made, like, very, very rapidly after it had been released. For example, rest in peace to the B-Rhythm game in Hive Swap. Uh, That was just not... I don't always see that. Uh, I'm used to like my media being like complete and unchanging that illusion of like it is complete when I get it. Mm. Yes, Lila is also (laughs) feels that is the way people should maintain the illusion (laughs) that uh, every piece of art is an individual complete endeavor. And when it is sent out, it is permanent and unchanging. Mm, Yeah. It's interesting because it, as as we record now, um, there has very recently been a big release of a, like a high profile AAA video game called Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, which I have not played and will not play. And like Hive Swap, it it was patched shortly after release, 
But unlike Hive Swap, the reason it was patched was because it had scenes that gave people ep- epileptic seizures yeah, and used flashing light patterns that were, I don't know if this was deliberate or, or, or not, but it was strikingly similar to patterns that are used in the medical profession for diagnostic purposes to deliberately induce seizures, I believe. Actually, I don't know if it's diagnostic or if there's some other legitimate medical purpose for deliberately inducing a seizure. But yeah, it was it was strikingly similar to that. And and so they, they patched that out of the game quite quickly. But um, I feel like with video games especially, there is in many cases no longer the expectation among the wider consumer base that the day one game is complete. It's expected to get, you know, patched and usually have additional content put in, not often have entire mini games removed from it. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, in this situation, uh, the Hive Swap, not the Cyberpunk, I feel like it was a good move, um, what they did. It wasn't quite to the same level. It was just a B-Rhythm game was somewhat difficult, and according to, you know, like, the team for it, it was making it, for some players, like, a hard stop. They could not proceed in the game, so they just very quickly over the Thanksgiving weekend took it out. I think it was a good move, but me as a player, I'm like, I hate it. I hate it when games do that. I want to live mm. in a world where I can pretend that uh, that the game or whatever I'm opening is exactly the same version that, you know, I played five years ago, ten years ago, yesterday, and to have that not be the case is terrifying to me, <laughs> but <laughs> that's life. Yeah, prior to the deletion of this B-dance-themed minigame, <laughs> one of the interesting things about changes that were made to the game before it was released, like, and this is not something that's officially been announced, but that that particular game, it seems like two characters were removed from the game prior to release who were in promotional material and even in one of the trailers, there were like scenes featuring one or both of those characters that got completely deleted. And one of those was the character who lives in the house where the B-themed minigame takes place, whose name I believe is Zebedee. And I saw on Twitter... Someone who jokingly, but I thought seriously, said that if you get a perfect score in the B mini game and do not miss any of the little rhythm prompts, then you will meet Zebedee. <laughs> so I went back and I made sure it took me five or six tries, I think, to get a perfect score in the game. But I got it, and then I was very distressed not to not to meet Zebedee. That's like the start of a creepy pasta. Like <laughs> three days from now, Zebedee. <laughs> will show up in your computer <laughs> kind of thing. It reminded me very much of my childhood uh, because especially with the game, the original Pokemon Red and Blue versions for Game Boy, there was a constant like rumor culture of like, oh, if you do this in the game, then that thing will happen. F- famously, there was the Pokemon Mew, the 151st Pokemon that was programmed into the game, like as in it existed in, in the code of the game, but there was no way to access that Pokemon. And the way they ended up changing that was like, you had to go to an official Nintendo event and like link up your game to their machine and they would give you Mew as like a promotional item. Whereas on, you know, early internet, like GeoCities web pages. In schoolyards, and in my in my specific memory, this kid Colin at the bus stop <laughs> would like say things like, "Oh, you have to." Um, there's this like truck at a point in the game where you don't have the move strength yet, but once you learn strength, if you can go back there and get that truck, you push the truck and muse under the truck. And like I believed this and and tried to get Mew. So <laughs> it, it reminded me very much of like the back back before like all information was available to everyone. Back when the internet was was new and strange and 
It was an interesting experience. Uh, did you like Hive Swap? I did. I did enjoy it, um, and I'll probably play through it um, in, in the first act. I'd, um, I'll probably play through them again at some point. Whatever changes <laughs> may be made in the time between. I'm going to ask, but you don't have to answer. Are you drinking something? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yes, I have, a, um, I have a Diet Dr. Pepper. Was that audible? Uh, just like, a, a, is it icy? Like some kind of like liquid, yeah, shaking, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. ice cubes in it. <laughs> no. I, did, I did not intend for that to be audible, but I guess it was. Well, you're talking to someone who played through the entire court trial of Hive Swap, and so I know how to search for clues. <laughs> God, I did not enjoy that court trial. <laughs> that court trial was based, it was like a parody of the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney series of video games, mm-hmm. of which I am a fierce de- devotee, and I felt like it did not do justice to the actual like logic and comprehensibility of those games yeah well depending i guess depending on how early in the game's life you played this are you the kind of person who ever looks up like like walk through or like guides or how to get through tricky things or do you just like suffer through it oh i will i will look up guides yeah yeah i will yeah. <laughs> I, I will often make a token attempt to do it without a guide but um, in this case, the game has a built-in hint system, so I just use that. Yeah, I th- there are some of my friends who it is like a point of uh, pride for them to never, <laughs> uh, never look things up. But I immediately, if I'm not having fun, I immediately go to the walkthrough and get as much information as I can. Get on, get on through. Mm-hmm. That's the way. All right. Well. I guess now we've done our this week in Homestuck. Do you want to what what review? Do you have a final review of Hive Swap? How many trains would you give it? <laughs> I don't know. I think I might give out uh, like a three or four out of five. I don't know. I don't know where exactly it was. It has a lot of issues, but it, it is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you? Uh, two trains. Two trains. <laughs> two trains. <laughs> out of five, or no, just two. Just oh, okay. <laughs> Just two trains without context. Just two trains in general. Two trains, and if train A is racing (laughs) on a track and left Chicago at 5 o'clock, and train B is also from Atlanta, Georgia, racing in the opposite direction, when will they meet? Two trains. Hopefully never. Hopefully never. Yeah, so that is this week slash last week slash a couple weeks ago in Homestuck slash Hive Swap. Um... Yeah. What else you been up to in all that time? <laughs> yeah. Um. On on the like practical everyday level, I've been doing a lot of a lot of interviews. Um. Because right now jobs are su- suddenly all of a sudden just very interested, and I did not anticipate when I sent out as many applications as I did that they would how many result in actual responses back i over i did not anticipate it correctly and was dealing with a lot of interviews um both in person and virtual that sounds like a good problem to have yeah i it's stressful but yeah the the good stressful but i don't want to talk about that one <laughs> uh <laughs> I guess more in my life is um, I've been using a lot of the quarantine time the past like nearly a year to do some gender exploration. And um, that's something that's been going on for a while. But um, now I am making more small steps to um, let people know that I am transgender and trying, trying things out with that and just seeing where things go 
for now. What what has that looked like, like in terms of steps? Yeah, um, it's been mostly, you know, like um, close friends, this podcast, talking to people. And um, I am dipping my toe in the waters of what it would look like to start testosterone or hormones. But that is a complicated thing, again, for not having health insurance in America to do. So that's kind of complicated. I tried getting, um, in order to start um, a lot of the hormone therapies, whatever, um, usually you want to get like a baseline blood work test done. And so I was able to see a clinic and see a doctor who could, I guess, refer me for that. And I was like, it's one blood work. How much could it possibly cost? I'll just, (laughs) I'll just pay for it. It's fine. Um, But the answer is one blood work can cost $800, $875. And so when I found that out, I had to say, no, do not do that. And I'm back. Since, since that time, um, I was able to be approved for Virginia's Medicaid. Oh, good. And it's complicated because health insurance is always complicated, but hopefully it will cost me less money than trying to do it directly out of pocket when I try again. So just navigating the healthcare system. Well, that is that sounds um, alternately frustrating and exciting. Yeah. It's a thing, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, congratulations! I'm 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 excited that that's something that you're uh, you're kind of moving forward with. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, okay, so I <laughs> I have a regular Twitter account, and then I have a only I follow this Twitter account, and it is like my journal, <laughs> hmm. but it is a Twitter. And months and months and months ago, I retweeted. For me, on that Twitter account, someone was saying like, hey, during quarantine, it might be interesting, you know, if you've been having sort of things you want to explore with your gender, now maybe because a lot of the social obligations are different, um, that may be something I'm, you know, I person tweeting, I'm giving you permission to sort of explore. And I've been taking that advice. Um, so it's interesting to sort of look back on things. Mm. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I, I feel like my perception is that a lot of people are, are taking advantage of that. <laughs> opportunity. Yeah. Like I for instance I don't know like one of the more high profile stories was Elliot Page coming out as as transgender. Yeah. Uh and I don't know whether that's informed in any real way by the pandemic or or not, but I mean in in, in one sense how could it not be? Yeah. Um I I know at least in my case this was not like initiated by pandemic and quarantine. It was something that was sort of floating around beforehand. But yeah, definitely, I would say two escalating factors for me are the pandemic and Homestuck fan fiction. Hmm. Um, so <laughs> that that's what did it for me. Any particular Homestuck fanfics? Uh, definitely the the God feels. Yeah, God feels is sick. I, I love God feels. Yeah, that'll that'll activate gender feelings. I feel like. So, um, for the benefit of our listeners, how would you prefer that they refer to you? Um. I, I feel like I'm interviewing you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. So, so when we're done here, you can interview me about something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks for having me here today in my room and in your place. Two timelines converging 
uh, on the East Coast. Um, yeah, um, I'm for right now. Rachel is still fine. She, her pronouns are still fine. Really, a lot of pronouns are still fine. Uh, he and they are good. Um, I'm also trying out the nickname Rat, R-A-T, like the animal. Hmm. But <laughs> that that is also able to be in the mix. Rats in the mix. Rats in the mix. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, that is all good stuff. I feel like my pandemic experience, the isolation has has given me like permission to activate things that were inactive, like. I had desired to buzz my hair off and all of a sudden I just like went ahead and did it after having like the same goofy looking hairstyle for for all of my adult life basically. It's funny I don't think I don't think we've talked about this on the show but we we talked about it at first when I first decided that I was going to buzz it down to a number 3 clipper guard. Yes. What we didn't talk about was my periodic escalation of that um <laughs> with ever shorter clipper guards to the point where back in the beginning of November I first went no guard. Whoa. Well. <laughs> this is an update. Yeah. How did that go? Well, this was back in November. It was yeah. It was great. It was great. Um, and then the day after Thanksgiving, I decided to try going even further than zero. How? How? <laughs> well. Tom, uh, you are, you've already jumped out of the plane without a parachute. How? <laughs> how, how much farther can you go? The ultimate version of that is to do a razor shave, like with uh, a razor and like shaving cream or gel this is like sweeney todd's like the closest shave you will ever know yeah well i mean for me it wasn't like a short of short of death yeah it wasn't like a straight yeah. razor it was it was like my harry's razor they are not a, a sponsor of this podcast and they never will be <laughs> no these are two guys who bought bought a factory in germany you may have heard of them if you listen to podcasts but um yeah no it was like the same razor that i used to use to shave my beard back when i shaved my beard hmm. So for those who do not know, a shaving clipper uses – you put like this little plastic guard over the blade where I think each each number of the guard is like a quarter inch maybe or is it an eighth of an inch? I don't know. But um, so like you can uh, tell your barber or, you know, use your own clipper guards to say like, oh, I want to go down to a number three, which is like – a fairly short length, but I progressively went to like number two, number one, number zero. And when you're down to zero, you're basically shaving it down to like stubble, but you're not shaving it down to like smooth as a baby's bottom. Okay. For smooth as a baby's bottom, like shiny bald head. For that, you're probably going to want a razor shave. And so that's what I did the day after the day after Thanksgiving. It was an interesting experience. It was interesting to like put my hand up on my head and feel it completely smooth because as a child I had had buzz cuts before, but like having completely smooth hair up there was was or no hair, lack of hair up there was was completely new to me. So would you say your decision was influenced in any way by the oncoming Christmas season and the birth of the baby Jesus <laughs> in Christian tradition? Um uh maybe, I don't know. Smooth as the baby Jesus bottom. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I felt like um, only in the sense that I wanted to do it well in advance of Christmas because I didn't want to like show up on Zoom calls for Christmas or do whatever Christmas visiting I'm going to do, which I'm still not 100% sure about, and have a look that I was not did not feel confident in. So yeah, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm just thinking of my very badly timed uh, hair decisions. This sounds like very good, <laughs> very good playing ahead. Yeah, well, uh, and then after that, the the thing is that was the day after Thanksgiving, so now it's a couple weeks ago. Uh, and I haven't I haven't uh, shaved my shaved my hair since though. So now I'm I'm going in the other direction. Like now 
I'm going to say, huh, what happens if I just let it grow for a little bit? I mean, <laughs> you found like absolute hair zero. So now what is the highest? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there is no further I could go. No. In that previous direction, short of skin removal. <laughs> Or some other, like, body modification on my head, which I don't intend to do. Uh, so I, I don't think I'm going to grow it out or anything like that. In fact, I might buzz it down tomorrow. But I feel like I've grown it back out to, like, a three, which is where it was the first time I buzzed it off. Yeah. Anyhow, this is this has been hair talk. This does not have <laughs> to do with experimenting with my look in a gender presentation way because I was assigned male at birth and have always presented in such a way. And doing this kind of work on my hair has not, it's not a, a traditionally associated with fem femininity. So it's not like a gender presentation kind of way, but it is a sort of like shaking things up kind of yeah. thing. No, I, and potentially this is a like, middle class white person experience that I'm feeling but particularly for like women with hair your hair is not your own a, a, a lot and I don't know how much that extends to other situations but yeah just the ability to try a new look and even goes like I don't know sometimes people can get very protective over someone else's look <laughs> and when when that look is altered I feel like being removed a bit from like the daily acknowledgement of other people's input in your daily look can be very freeing to like have that ability to try stuff out without like checking in with whoever uh in your family or whoever at your job or school or whatever or you know cashier at the grocery store who have all have a shared investment in your hair style <laughs> That can be very nice. Yeah, yeah, which is one of the reasons it's been interesting. I think I spoke about this on a previous episode, but I've now started going into the office every so often. Yes. Um, You've come out of your cage, <laughs> but not the train. Have you taken the train? This is... No, I don't intend to do that. Okay, I'm going to keep checking. Yeah, I don't feel I don't feel safe on the train. Yeah. Well... Not, not yet. Maybe, maybe someday. But yeah, I um, I have, I have started going back to work, and it, there was a sort of feeling there, like I've been isolated, and that isolation has felt like permission to permission to do things that I didn't necessarily have permission to do before. Whereas now, all of a sudden, I feel like that external pressure just because I'm going into the office, which that that pressure has not been actualized because I basically don't run into other humans there, but I could. So I don't know. It's it's been an interesting shift. Yeah. I guess, okay, I guess this podcast does have some relation to coronavirus, so I guess <laughs> we can we can talk about news on that front. Um, I feel like the things we've talked so far, especially like <laughs> with regard to the relationship between pandemic and ability to experiment, that's, that's I'm, I'm going to validate that as being related. <laughs> that's yeah. more related than we sometimes are. Yeah, I guess I do not keep up to date, so all of the like since our last recording, like all of the vaccine sort of information I have been like, it is, what is the word? I did not want it. It just happened to me. <laughs> I just, I just obtained that knowledge through like, you know, listening. Um, so I'm feeling weird about impending vaccines because I don't think I'm very good at changes. And there's, that weird sort of cognitive dissonance of like right now cases in the u.s worst they have ever been so to have like but also maybe good news i don't like that mm. and i am feeling weird about it yeah it's it's just a very strange i mean there's a lot going on there um <laughs> 
But yeah. I think one one of the strangest parts of it of it is that like the current narrative of where we are with the pandemic is like two countervailing forces. One of which is the most remarkable medical miracle of my lifetime. Yeah. The fact that we were able to produce not one, but two and possibly more vaccines with north of 90% effectiveness for this terrible virus is like, I, I know of nothing comparable. I can't think of anything other than like going back to the moon landing of it's like, wow, we really, we really fucking did that. And by we, I mean humanity. I had no part in the development of these <laughs> vaccines. <laughs> Sorry, or the say, moon landing. Yeah, yeah. Confirm, please confirm for listeners that you had no part in the moon landing. Yeah, no, I did not fake the moon landing. <laughs> but uh, sort of up against that is the rising cases is associated with like us just like royally fucking it up. Like we're so bad at managing this pandemic, and you know we're probably not going to be that good at distributing the vaccines either. Yeah, there's that way in which like. This is not a narrative, but there's that way in which, like, it does not feel earned at all. There's so much, like, now more than ever am I hearing in my family and people in my friend groups who are, like, have been out as sort of essential workers. Like, now more than ever, there are more coronavirus scares or more people in my circles who actually have coronavirus. And, like, the situations are worse and nothing is being done to help in a magnitude of matching. Um, and so it doesn't feel earned to like, <laughs> yay, there's a vaccine. Like, I, I want there to be, I guess, like, more of an acknowledgement. And this is on a systematic level as well of like, wow, we really, really messed up systematically. Um, that's just not going to happen because it would have you know it would need to be happening and helping with a whole lot of other things uh so yeah it just is a weird feeling yeah i mean i do feel like we are as a culture we are just fundamentally not going to learn any lessons yeah i think back to when i was a kid and when i heard a lot in the late 90s about the y2k bug uh i don't know do you remember that is that a thing you um no, I my primary exposure to Y2K as a phenomena was an episode of Degrassi. <laughs> so I was alive, but I was mm. not aware <laughs> during Y2K. Yeah, I mean, the general notion being that, you know, computers had been built with a date system that was like 19XX. And then like, it, it was assumed that every date that that computer would ever encounter for most computers would begin with the digits one and nine. And then all of a sudden, we we're confronting the fact that like, oh, wait a second. No, there is a future. <laughs> we have to account for the fact that a future is going to exist. And a lot of people panicked. And some people thought of it as like an end of the world scenario. And then no major crises ended up happening. And people looked back on that and said, oh, well, that was a whole lot of panicking about nothing. And that was the lesson they learned. When in fact, that that was the incorrect lesson to learn. The correct lesson to learn was computer engineers fixed it. Like the people who are experts were warned about it, panicked about it. It had the potential to go very bad. And um, they did the work that they needed to do to, to address it. So that by the time, you know, the actual changeover happened from the year 1999 to the year 2000, uh, most computer systems in important places were ready. Um, I remember, I distinctly remember um, the Pokemon.com website was not ready. No. <laughs> I remember I remember on January 1st, 2000, just logging on. I don't think it caused any big problems, but I just noticed like something about the date was wrong on it. <laughs> so I remember seeing a big picture of Pikachu with the, like, it was, it was like January 1st, 1900 or something. And I was like, Pikachu has traveled into the past. 
Anyhow. <laughs> um, but like I feel like people do not learn the lesson. They may think they're learning the lesson, but they're not. They're learning. They're, they're just like, well, that's over. We didn't – I guess we didn't need to worry about that as much or, or something like – yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, I'm not optimistic that we're going to come out of this having – Having realized, wow, we really screwed that up. We need to do better next time. Um, yeah, I, I guess the other like big generational event is nine uh, eleven, and like I guess the way those stories get retold mm. because we're we're living through this, yeah, and and already seeing that probably more of a like individual narrative is going to be what's emphasized because that. America. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm a little distracted because um, it's really bugging me. I didn't learn about Y2K from an episode of Degrassi. It was a book series for kids, and I can't find it, <laughs> and I need to find it. Just like a series of books about world events, or? Um, it was, like, similar um, to, like, if you're familiar with the American Girl series, those would take a girl in uh, uh, different times in history and sort of go through um, little bits of their lives. But this series took one family and went through a book for every decade from like, I think the 1910s or 20s all the way up to the 1980s, 90s, 2000s. Like there was a book for each decade and each book would be like from the perspective of whoever was like a child at the time in in that one family. Ah. And I want to find it. (laughs) I'm sorry. But I can't find it. (laughs) I know it was real. (laughs) I know I read those books. And um, I know they had a bit about uh, Y2K in there, but Hmm. we'll never know. I'll, it'll come to me, and I'll make you include it in the show notes. But yes, uh, I will drop it into the show notes if you if you tell me what it is. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I uh, I'm feeling strange about about the way things are going to go for the next few months, and I feel like we need to kind of hold on because we don't know what weird stuff is going to happen. Yeah, and just like what is keeping me in suspense, like right now, is. This week, um, my family got news that one of our family friends who's like in her 90s and is in an assisted living, she has coronavirus and is is on antibiotics, but in in the hospital. And so like we are not able to get sort of the same kind of um, access or information as we, you know, as we would if this were not pandemic and we would be able to visit her or stuff like that. Because even her sister, who's like literally, you know, very close to the assisted living, is getting her information through, you know, having to call the hospital, not, not being allowed to see in person. And that's just, you know rough to be in suspense with and the automatic like someone is sick or you know someone who uh you're close to and you want to do something for them you can do none of those usual things for them so yeah we're waiting waiting on news um Mm. for for that person still wow yeah well uh i guess i'll be crossing my fingers and hoping that that any news you get is positive yeah that's what we're hoping for but yeah, I guess does that bring us to action items? I think it. I think it does. Do you remember yeah. last week's action item? I did. Item? I wrote it down, <laughs> and I'm pulling up the word document. <laughs> this did you? Was uh, did the best you... decision I ever did to write this down. <laughs> yeah, it was um, to drink a hot drink that's different from the hot drink you normally drink. Yes. 
Uh, and did you do that? Yes. Um, I, I, I don't really have many recommendations because I did a few different drinks and they're not they weren't good but (laughs) some of them were good but some of them were not good for example i combined hot chocolate with hot apple cider not good not good don't do it bad no 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 (laughs) my my two favorite hot hot drinks together in one it's not good Mm. but yeah that that was the low light um we also got um this new vanilla flavored um chai tea which was pretty good vanilla chai very caffeinated. I don't always do well with caffeine, um, so it tasted good. My body felt bad, but it tasted good. Yeah, the only the only thing I did different was I drank a different kind of black tea from what I usually drink. Can you? <laughs> you have to be more specific. <laughs> what is your normal? I was about to. I was about, to, I was about to explain. <laughs> yeah. Normally, I will drink either um, Earl Grey tea or Lady Grey tea. Those are those are my two, the greys, which uh, I don't know. Are you familiar at all with tea stuff? A little bit. I'm sorry. My mind is still spinning. Just imagining like before you are two packets of almost <laughs> exactly the same uh, black tea. But <laughs> they taste super different, though. Today. Ah, today. Feeling different. Yeah. Well, feeling risky. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Earl, Earl Grey has more of like a like a fruity taste almost. Like it has like a slight orange taste, I guess, to oh, it. Okay, okay. Whereas um, the tea that I drank this time instead was just some uh, English breakfast tea, which <laughs> these are both like very standard black tea options. But I don't really like English breakfast tea that much because it's, I don't know, I just don't like the flavor all that much. I usually, so when I drink Earl Grey, I will just drink the Earl Grey with nothing in it. Um, whereas if I drink English breakfast tea, I usually put some milk in it because I don't like the flavor of just like the, the tea itself. So that is my different hot drink. <laughs> it made a big difference to me. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand. <laughs> um, but also in, in hot drink related news, I posted, um, on Twitter, my recipe for my wassail, my world famous wassail recipe for, it's a, it's a cold weather, hot mulled cider drink. So I'll post that in the uh, in the show notes as well. Yes, for the record, I will I will be making that recipe, but I will be making it as I make every recipe, which is uh, modified so much <laughs> that it is no longer in any way connected to the source material. We aren't able to find um, brandy oh. in Wegmans, uh, which is where we do our online shopping. Uh-huh. Rum or brandy? They don't, I guess, believe in it. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but um, we're making do with the other elements that we can find. Yeah, let me know how it goes because I'm interested interested to hear variations on it. I will probably try to do some variations on it myself because I will likely be making it just for myself. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't intend to spend a whole lot of time just sort of lounging together and being festive and like being in our pajamas and watching holiday movies or anything with my family. That's not likely to happen. So I'll probably be making it for one. So I might have to scale it down. Yeah, which is unfortunate because it really does feel like the kind of drink you like get a cauldron for yeah and i like it to evolve over time too like what i w- what i would have done in the past is i will like on the 23rd or the 24th i will make a big batch and we are refreshing it reheating it adding in more cider more brandy different cider different brandy or like other things until the 27th and then that's when like okay we're done with this but yeah it's 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 going to be a little different so maybe i'll just have to do that on a smaller scale like i have a smaller slow cooker that i can use to make my individual wassail. Nice. Anyhow, do you have any action items for this week? I do have an action item for this week, and it is to do something to take care of your voice, not just your voice, Tom, 
listeners, every, <laughs> your voice. I don't know. I've just found myself like being more musical lately. So it is also winter and everything is so dry and terrible. And with being outside and trying to sing even a little bit, it can not make your throat feel good. So mm. do something nice for your voice, like have tea or eat an apple or yeah, like tea with lemon, that kind of thing. What about like vocal warm ups? Like like you you would do it if you're a singer. You know those? Unfortunately, <laughs> I do not. Oh. I'm not a singer. All I know is in High School Musical, the very, very extravagant warm-ups Ryan and Sharpay would do before going on stage. They were just like a lot of noises. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen High School Musical, but I mean, I was in chorus. Action item. <laughs> Watch High School <laughs> Musical. I'll add that to the action items. <laughs> I think that's on Disney Plus or whatever. But yeah, I have an action item as well, okay. which is almost, I don't know, it's kind of the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not. It's like the opposite Des- vibe. My action item is destroy, destroy, some, destroy something. Oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah. So instead of like the nurturing and caring of taking care of your voice and yourself, it's uh, no, my, mine is to destroy something. It can be something big, something small. This is, this is a good one. Um, I believe this is going to be a good one for me because unfortunately I have a lot of Harry Potter items that I've been keeping in a bag and want to destroy. So this is a good, um, this is a good, um, action item to consider. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I'll destroy yet. I might, I might just take it easy and (laughs) just destroy some paper or something. (laughs) That's true. Work your way up. Anyhow, I think, uh, I think that's it. So, um, unless you have anything else. Um, do I have anything else? No. Wait, maybe. Oh. I know we're going we're going kind of long, but I never know exactly <laughs> if I'm able to say everything that I want to say before we next like record because sometimes it can be sporadic. So yeah. I really I really feel these <laughs> these moments and I want to I want to make the most of them. Um having said that, <laughs> I don't think I have anything else to add other than that. I really, I really like our conversations, and I'll keep, I'll keep saying that. Yeah, uh, every time we have them. They are, yeah, they are, they are good and fun, and I'm glad that we have them. Yeah, now more than ever <laughs> in the winter. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Now I think I'm ready. Okay. Well, then, until next time, you should stay distant and go the distance.